0: Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, episode 17. I'm Ainsley Arment here with Tina Ingold, and today we're talking about getting started in homeschooling. We talk about overcoming our fears, the legal requirements, what our homeschool days look like, and so much more. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started.
1: The question all the time, how do you get started? How do you take the plunge with homeschooling? And so I always tell moms who are considering homeschooling that the desire has to be there. You have to mm. want to teach your babies mm-hmm. and realize that means being with them 24-7. I had a friend, this was several years ago, but she told me that she could never homeschool because her kids drive her crazy. And yes. she said she wasn't necessarily called to motherhood, which I have a lot of opinions about that, but maybe for another podcast. Yes. <laughs> but but for her, you know, she found freedom in her kids being at school mm-hmm. and out of the house for eight to nine hours a day. And I know everybody's wired different, but the desire definitely has to be there to invest in these little lives that we were entrusted with. Don't you agree with I that? I totally agree. Yeah.
0: It's so true because if you don't enjoy being with your children, you're certainly not going to enjoy being with them 24-7. Yeah. I have friends that say that too. If their child is struggling in school and so they'll consider homeschooling. And a lot mm-hmm. of their reasons for not doing it is simply because they can't spend 24-7 with their kids because they would drive Mm. each other nuts, but also that their child can't learn from them, that their child wouldn't listen to them or they wouldn't be able to teach their child because their child needs to be with somebody else. I totally understand that it is just such a personal decision, Mm. you know, and I never push that, but I do feel like I want to pop the air out of some of those preconceptions because Mm -hmm. it is a growing process and a learning process for all Mm. of us. We as homeschool moms weren't given with an extra dose of patience. I do believe some people are given an extra dose of patience. But just as a homeschooling mom in general, I don't think that that's true. I think we all have the same struggles as any other mom. It really is a calling. It really is something that we have to feel really passionate about doing, either because we want to do that or because our child needs us to do
1: that. And I think, you know, once the desire is there, then you have to decide on an approach. And I know there's a lot of different approaches which is I love that you guys don't really use a curriculum and maybe tend to lean more towards unschooling, I would say. For our family, I just really wanted to use a curriculum. I've used one since the beginning. Um, My aunt actually works for Sunlight, so she sent me some samples and I said, okay, you know, I'll try it. And I ended up falling in love with it. And this is in no way a plug for them or trying to get people (laughs) to use Sunlight. I just kind of wanted to explain a little bit why we did choose this curriculum. And the number one reason, is it's literature-based. I love all the books that they've selected. It's a lot of living books and just life-giving books, and they just really cultivate a love for reading. And honestly, there isn't a single book that I've been disappointed in in the curriculum. So Mm. I just, I love it for that. Another reason is it introduces kids to difficult subjects in a really gracious kind of way. Um, We've learned about poverty and, gosh, war, origins of the earth, so many religions. I want my kids to know that there are other views and beliefs out there other than our own you know but Mm -hmm. it's also a great teaching opportunity to share what we do believe in and why we believe this way and and then the last reason that I love it so much is because there's zero prep work involved (laughs) I don't have to spend (laughs) hours lesson planning you know I literally open the lesson plan that's already provided and go but it also allows room for flexibility you know the plans aren't scripted so I can use my own words and thoughts each day I really love it for that reason and I think a lot of curriculums are set up similar I found a really cool website it's called Kathy Duffy reviews.com and it's just a list of all the different curriculums and it compares them and gives them ratings and reviews so you know if you're interested in picking out a curriculum I would think that would be a really great place to start.
0: so interesting to see how everyone homeschools so differently. And I've had the preconceived idea that super organized moms choose curriculums and free Mm. spirits don't use curriculum. But I don't think that's true at all. In fact, I think a lot of times moms who are really organized and love following a plan actually like to create their own. They Mm. like to write their own curriculum and be really strategic and organized about what their kids are learning that they come up with it. And on the flip side, I think there's a lot of unorganized free spirits out there that love curriculums because they Mm. feel like they can just follow something, they can jump on board with it
1: and they don't have yeah. to worry about planning anything. I'm so unorganized and I can't plan. So yeah, for me just to flip that open and go, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. But yeah. And you know, sense. you're covering all
0: the ducks, you know, yeah. you've got everything mm-hmm. covered and the subjects are there. And so I, especially if you're a first time homeschooler and you decide to go with a curriculum, I think it's a great way to start mm-hmm. as long as you don't feel tethered to it. For mm-hmm. us, we started with a big box curriculum. We actually started with sunlight as well. Okay. We had a friend that was jumping into homeschooling as well and we both were looking over the curriculums and we just decided to go for it same reason literature based Mm. loved the sunlight readers we still use them in fact Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time I will look at the Amble site online what (laughs) reading books they recommend and then I'll sometimes look up in the catalog for sunlight online what the readers Mm -hmm. are for the different levels because I love discovering new literature and books Mm -hmm. and some of our favorite books have been from the sunlight that first year we're still reading them from the first year of homeschooling just Mm -hmm. with the different kids and we'll reread them and Detectives in Togas and... Yes, oh, of, I love that one. Yeah, yes. that was a fun one and there's just... Lots of fun books in there that we read. But we did it and we worked at the kitchen table and Mm -hmm. did it together. And there was so much about that that I loved. This is so interesting, the perspective here, because I did feel overwhelmed by it. I felt Mm. like there was too much for me to do. And when Mm -hmm. I wasn't checking something off, I felt guilty that we Mm. weren't getting to it. Now this is just first year homeschooling guilt and not knowing what I was doing. I didn't know anything about the different approaches or methods. We ended up ditching the curriculum. You know, we would still use a lot of the books from it, but I didn't follow here's what Joe does for copy work now. Right. We jumped and we went more passion and interest led. What we did for copy work wasn't what they prescribed, but it Mm -hmm. was December and I wanted them to read Robert Frost. And and so we would do copy work of Robert Frost and they memorized poems. We jumped into what I was feeling in the moment. And I think to say no curriculum, I guess we mean no prescription or no telling Mm -hmm. me what to do, but certainly we use living Mm -hmm. books and it's rich with reading and copy work and narrations and things like that. Something that I didn't know that I would have loved to have just learned a little bit about. I think that you just learn so much as you go and you can't possibly know it all before you get started. Mm -hmm. I think researching what the different methods are of homeschooling, because I feel like personalities are somewhat drawn to different methods from Charlotte Mason to Waldorf Mm -hmm. to Montessori Mm -hmm. classical unschooling. And when you know a little bit about those, you can kind of identify with that and say, I think I want to go in this direction. And then you can talk to people who are doing it in an helps form maybe what your day would look like doesn't mean that you're stuck with that. There's a great wild and free mom in the community and she started out extremely Waldorf and a couple years in she just started really resonating with Charlotte Mason and has kind of been drawn to more that but I feel like they are so much
1: overlap and to draw from all of them is what makes a really rich and beautiful education. I always tell people we're somewhere in between a classical method and Charlotte Mason because I love Charlotte Mason's method you know that three-pronged education approach where it includes you know the home environment discipline which good habits and life, teaching, living thoughts and ideas. I love that approach so much. I mean, I feel like eventually we're going to evolve into unschooling (laughs) eventually. But since this is only our fourth year, I do enjoy that little bit of structure. Would you guys say that you're more Charlotte Mason method? Is that kind of the approach you guys take? I think we draw so much from all of them. And I love learning more and more about each
0: of the different methods and just pulling Mm. nuggets because it really resonates with me in some way. I don't know. It would be so hard to say what but I think we are. I yeah. um, sometimes Well, people, you don't have
1: to be in a, in a yeah, specific yeah. box. Yeah, you Sometimes
0: right. people will say, would you describe yourself as unschooling? And I think, well, yes, but in some ways I do do a lot of unschooling, but it would be very Charlotte Mason and classical influence, you know, mm. From and we do intentional things together that would look more formal. You know, yeah. we will gather together and I'll say, let's all do this. And it's not just because they want to do it. It's because I want us all to do this experience together. Mm, you know, I want yeah. us to have this and- I don't really care if they love it or if they get excited about it because I see everything as a catalyst. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how, even if it doesn't really jive with them, I feel like learning begets learning. And so they will then go and usually, even if there's been rowdiness or dissension in the house or nobody really finding anything worthwhile to do with their time, bringing (laughs) them together and Mm -hmm. then they disperse, I feel like they do something much more meaningful after that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like when you bring them together and do something with great intention, it's okay that they don't love it. I don't think, you know, what's wrong with them? And I don't care if they recall it or anything, because I feel like it's a catalyst for
1: the next thing that they're going to learn. And touching back to what you said about it being overwhelming the curriculum, I agree with that, especially if you're teaching multiple ages, because here you have Mm. four different curriculums to do the checklist, and it is very overwhelming. So I do suggest if you do choose to use a curriculum to combine a lot of the subjects. I mean. If you have kids that are just a couple of years apart, you know maybe you can do science together or your read alouds. You know you don't have to do four different read alouds. You can just choose one or maybe two to kind of simplify things a little bit and make it easier. Yeah, no,
0: that. I totally agree. When we're doing the curriculum the first year, we only bought a curriculum for Wyatt who was in the second grade and Dylan yeah. who was in the kindergarten year. He just was along for the ride. He <laughs> would read along. We did Child's History of the World for history. Yeah, and we did read alouds. They were even above why it's reading level for second grade. But that's what's so wonderful about reading aloud is that that's how they can take in literature that is above their reading level, but not their comprehension level, not their ability to absorb the story. And to soak it in and to have appreciation for uh, something well-written versus a reader written just for their age, you know?
1: Sure, yeah, sure. And your kids, you'll learn that your kids may learn things at different levels. My daughter, who's just seven, has surpassed my son, who's nine, in reading so Mm -hmm. I'm actually Mm -hmm. giving her harder books than I'm giving him and so that's one of the beauties of homeschooling though is you can learn that and you can learn the different ways that they're able to learn you know there's visual learners there's audible learners there's tactical you know the sensory Mm -hmm. learners and so being able to see how your child learns best is amazing because you know if they were in public school or somewhere else the teachers wouldn't be able to help them learn the specific way that they're able to learn so I've Mm -hmm. really enjoyed that seeing how my kids learn and then helping them. Through that. Hey everyone, it's
0: Father's Day and we have something special for you. If you are a Wild and Free subscriber, starting today you can log in to the Wild and Free membership site and download a special Father's Bundle under the section called Content Bundles. If you're not currently a subscriber, you can sign up today at slash bundles. You'll not only get the Father's Bundle, but you'll also get this month's bundle, Journey, last month's bundle, Kinship. And if you sign up by June 24th, you'll get next month's Seaside magazine in the mail. We want to wish all the dads out there a happy Father's Day. isn't really the fun stuff of homeschooling, but just for anybody who's listening that is wanting to get started in homeschooling, sometimes there's that question and fear of getting started because of the legal requirements. Mm. What do you do there? Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Legalities is huge. I mean, all the states allow parents to educate their kids at home, but Mm -hmm. some states, like I know California, they require parents to register as private schools. And some other states like Pennsylvania, I think, they mandate that homeschooled children take standardized tests once they reach the third grade. So I know all 50 states, there's actually 50 different laws. So it is really important to dig into that and figure out what your state laws are. Indiana actually is one of the most relaxed states as far as laws on homeschooling. I don't have to register my kids. I don't have to report anything. I might have to do some attendance record Mm -hmm. maybe once they hit high school. But that's pretty much it. I mean, I think there's 10 states that are very relaxed on homeschooling. I know Texas is another one but yeah Indiana is one of them and it's so I'm really thankful what about mm-hmm. you guys well
0: here we have to send a letter of intent to the superintendent by August 15th every year okay. and it's just a notice you know you just basically say I'm planning to homeschool my child and here is what I'm planning on teaching him it doesn't have to be everything that you plan on just kind of a general overlay okay. of maybe some things that you're going to do basically to show them that you're going to cover the basis you have to provide either your high school diploma Your teaching certificate. Or if you don't have either, then Mm -hmm. you simply have to write a letter, grammatically correct letter, (laughs) stating why you're capable of teaching your child at home. But it's legal to homeschool. So you shouldn't be intimidated by this process. You aren't asking for permission. You're just sending in your letter of intent. There are laws. And so sometimes it feels intimidating, but there's laws for everything. And Mm. we just don't realize it. And I think when we're doing something like pulling our child out of school, we're worried about truancy and all these things but you know I think the best thing to do is just to literally google what are the requirements for homeschooling in your state and usually they're so black and white.
1: I think the website is Mm hslda.com and that's you know homeschool legal defense association so you can look up the laws but it's an important thing to go through you have to figure out what the laws are and the requirements and Mm -hmm. we have to do a national standardized testing every year
0: after the first grade and it's super easy you can go online and do it but they just want to see that you're working with them and You just have to stay in higher communication with them. If they're in high school, an SAT score will do. Mm -hmm. Or you can just get an evaluation with an educator um, in our state. So there's so many different options. Ah. Some states don't require testing, and you just have to provide a portfolio to a local representative. I know Elsie Iudicello, who's down Mm -hmm. in Florida. She did a whole piece in a bundle back in May. I think it was in our Kinship or our Nature Bundle on how she puts together her end-of-year portfolios. And she does it so beautifully so that it's not just... Oh. something they're presenting to the city, but something that they can keep as a memory, a beautiful like,
1: collection of their work. That, I feel like we should all do that anyway. No matter, I know. You know whether I it's required like, or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a great thing that she took the opportunity to do that because I wish that we had that too. And I think yeah. a lot of states have a religious exemption where if you say that you don't want to send your child to school because it interferes with religious purposes, mm-hmm. whether it's testing or whatever, then you actually don't have to send in a notice of intent or test your children. You're just kind of off the hook for okay. the rest of their schooling. So there's so many different things, but just don't let the process intimidate you.
1: No, Um, in fact, not only that, but if you really start digging into it, I think a lot of states are pro-homeschooling. Indiana gives out vouchers or gives financial help to homeschooling families because it's almost viewed as, you know, as a private school. They can get financial help and so you can too as a homeschooling family. So Mm -hmm. yeah, as you dig into it more, you might find some really beneficial things like that. Yeah,
0: I think California is the same way. They have charters, but if you're a of a charter. You do have to report to a teacher every quarter, but there's so many free resources for you. They actually mm. pay you money to like have resources to yeah. homeschool your children. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. I've missed a deadline before and I called the office so nervous. They are oh, so no. nice. And they're just like, oh, honey, like we'll give you a new deadline. Just don't worry about it. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You are kind of a rebel, but. I know, I'm totally a rebel. (laughs) I push the envelope a little too much.
0: So yeah, you don't have to be a teacher. That's the
1: whole point. You can do this. Also in taking the plunge, I do think it's important to seek out other homeschooling families, you know, get plugged into some kind of a homeschool group. Of course, a wild and free group is a great place to start, but I know there's a lot of homeschooling co-ops and just different options if you're Mm -hmm. wanting to supplement Mm -hmm. a little bit or just allow someone else to take on some of the teaching load Especially if you're teaching multiple ages, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes it's nice to have other homeschooling families to either help with the teaching or a co-op to help with the teaching. But yeah, Yeah. I definitely think finding your homeschooling tribe is a really huge thing when when you're taking the plunge.
0: I know we were just at our Wild and Free group gathering last Thursday, and we were on a hike. We had so many moms there that I didn't even know that were new, but I was walking past the moms and they were talking, and I heard them saying like, "So what do you use for teaching writing? Or you know, how are you doing this?" were just sharing their ideas talking about the differences between the curriculums that they were using and just swapping Mm -hmm. ideas and I just feel like even in something where it's just a group you're just hiking but you're learning and talking and sharing information while your kids are off playing and exploring together with their friends
1: takes us probably a full three to four weeks to feel like we found our groove. And every day looks a little bit different. And that took me a little while. I know I talk about shedding that public school mindedness but it's true it took a little while to shed that and you know you don't have to do spelling from 10 to 10 30 and then math from 10 30 to 11 you know so every day for us looks a little bit different so it does it takes a while for us to find our groove and even just detoxing from you know all summer watching movies and playing on the ipad a little bit carelessly you know so mm-hmm. detoxing from all those things i think that there's a period of time where you feel like especially in the beginning. Am I doing a good job? Is this going to work just because it takes a while? But I feel like once you find the groove, then things go a little bit smoother and everything just starts functioning better for us. Our typical day is we love to sleep in. None of us are morning people. I usually don't roll out of bed till around nine, sometimes 9.30. Um, And same with the kids. (laughs) They kind of just get up around then too. And we always make breakfast together every day. Even if we are just having cereal, we do it together. And so, but mostly we make pancakes or waffles or something fun together. That would have been like my dream growing up. If I could sleep in
0: until nine or 9.30 (laughs) and then make pancakes every single day.
1: Yes. Yeah, we really do. I mean, I would rather make breakfast than dinner. Mm -hmm. So I'm just telling you right now, some nights I don't even make dinner and I'm like just throwing a piece of toast. But breakfast, (laughs) I do the whole feast. And we listen to music and it's usually worship music or something quieter just to get our hearts ready for the day. And then we always, during breakfast, we do prayer journal. And then after that, I like to start with the harder subjects, not necessarily to get them out of the way, but just because that's when our brains are functioning best. And if we do decide to take the rest of the day Off to go do something in nature, then it feels good to me that we had our harder subjects finished. So we do um, math and history. We kind of tend to start with those. And sometimes math takes an hour and sometimes it takes 10 minutes. So just depending on what we're learning, depending on the moods of the kids, then we have lunch, which I've admitted before, sometimes I forget to make lunch, (laughs) but it's usually because I know tea time is coming and I supplement a little bit with tea time. So tea time is usually between one and three. and we make a snack together and pour some tea and then we always do our read alouds during that time either a poem or a book that we're going through or sometimes we just talk and share dreams and visions and things that we have going on and then after that we try to do a nature walk uh, our backyard was all wood so we either explore back there or just walk around our neighborhood and the kids like to take a bag to pick up trash <laughs> and that's awesome so yeah usually a nature walk and then after that Uh, usually it's almost time for dinner prep but um and i know i've shared this before but we don't have a start time and an end time we view our entire day as a day of learning Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. we're just always learning and like i said every day looks a little bit different
0: Well, I get the question a lot how much school is enough you know how many hours are you doing school every day Mm -hmm. and it's so hard even now and I know you mentioned this before too it's so hard because people will ask me are you guys on summer break and I think well yeah sort of I mean we're always learning we're in that (laughs) mode where everything is learning and if we find a insect or a lizard in the backyard and we want to study it then we're gonna it doesn't matter that it's summer we're just gonna do it right Uh and if I feel like pulling out the art supplies and we decide to do like the spontaneous art project then we're gonna do it you know and I know a lot of people do this even if their kids are in school they do a lot of summer learning and fun projects and things like that we had one summer uh, my sister's kids are in school but we had a cousin week where we had them come over and we did art projects every day just to have like Mm. a week of art camp together and I love that and that was really fun but it's so hard because I'm thinking well I mean they're still doing math they're going to do math lessons every morning when they wake up for a couple of reasons one we're trying to finish something and it's kind of like a lesson thing I don't really care about them finishing their year math on time and then moving on to the next year that's not important to me but it's something we're working through with the older two boys and we're taking the opportunity to have them finish something from beginning to end Mm. so that they feel that sense of accomplishment in this one area but also because come fall when we do delve into more broader days inside and around the table because the weather's changing I don't send them off to a teacher who can deal with the fact that they've forgotten some of their math or whatever Mm -hmm. right I have to deal with it and I hear their complaints or. oh, I don't remember how to do this or (laughs) mom, ah, this, can you help me? You know? So it's just helpful for me too, that they're continuing on, but that's not a strategic thing that we do every summer. But Mm -hmm. otherwise I'm the same way. Like life is learning. And so it's so funny. I don't know if you can relate to this, but it seems like even if we're having a really amazing homeschool day on Mm -hmm. any given day and it doesn't always go that way, but you know, they've been learning a lot and we've been doing amazing projects or I had this amazing sensory bin out for the younger ones and The boys were reciting Shakespeare and doing copy work. It seems like without fail, if somebody stops by the house, like a neighbor or a friend, they just happen to stop by in the moment where it's just Lord (laughs) of the Flies. And I know every single time, all I'm thinking is they must think that we don't even learn. There's nothing happening Mm -hmm. because it's every single time. I don't know that anybody's ever come over when my kids are actually working. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because that's true. it's ebb and flow. And like,
0: even if they've yeah. just done 40 minutes of math, they're taking a break. They're making right. toast. They're sitting on the sofa reading a book. The little ones are playing and screaming through the house and right. somebody's know. out in the backyard with a magnifying glass trying to get the stick to burn, you know. <laughs>
1: So. <laughs> yes. And they're all still in their pajamas while this is going on. Yes.
0: And let's oh, be honest. Gosh. I mean, or I'll be honest. I have had those moments in the backyard where the kids are just crazy and we still live in a neighborhood. So we don't yeah. we don't live out in the middle of nowhere. We have neighbors. Yeah. And they're out in the backyard playing and they're screaming. Sometimes there's crying. Sometimes mm. things are happening. And mm-hmm. I just want to go out there and be like, children, our neighbors are going to call social
1: services. You have got to keep your voice down. <laughs> I. No, exactly yeah we have neighbors too even though we have these big woods we're still two feet away from all of our neighbors and I'm the exact same way I have this guilt that if they're outside playing even just in playing in the front yard I feel like our neighbors are going to judge us you know, know like wait aren't they supposed to be doing school you know
0: right like when we're out bike riding at yeah. 11 a.m. I feel right. like maybe we shouldn't do that but I have to right. try to get over that we're allowed to be out and about yeah. that's life what makes homeschooling so amazing is that we can be out there living life when other kids are in school sitting at a desk. But, you know, we all get that question. We're Mm -hmm. at Target, and the same Target worker that sees us every single week asks our children, so what would you learn today? (laughs) can you spell hypothesis? You know, what's seven times 777? And my kids are just like deer in headlights.
1: (laughs) Well, my kids couldn't even answer what grade they're in at the dentist. This was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Because I was in a different room with another kid and I heard the dentist assistant say, so what grade are you in? And my son was like, well, uh, first grade reading and kindergarten math. And I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. (laughs) But I know it is so
0: crazy. Even my seventh grader recently. recently somebody asked him and I thought of course he's going to answer correctly because he's old enough now to know and he froze he eventually just laughed and said I don't
1: actually know (laughs) (laughs) oh that is so awesome
0: and so of course I'm like beat red and I just kind (laughs) of laugh and I'm like yeah he's in the seventh grade but you know like I don't know either (laughs) So funny. Thanks everyone for joining us for part one of Getting Started in Homeschooling. We'll be back next week to continue the conversation. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us next week for the Wild and Free podcast. (music)